Welcome to Bonehead. This week, I'm so excited because we have our first prop maker on the show. Do you like Star Trek? Do you like Lord of the Rings? Do you like Justified? He's worked on all of these movies and many more, and we've got so many great stories from him. We interviewed him just a few weeks ago, and here it is. Roll, Michael W. Moore. Not to be confused with the Michael Moore everyone hates. This one's beloved. Watch. Today, welcome to Bonehead. We have prop maker Michael W. Moore. I'm Joe Lewis. I'm Chad. I'm James Thomas. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Okay, go ahead. No, so um, I guess just again, thank you for doing the show. Um, but you have a career that <laughs> I just like the way you start. Sorry. <laughs> As well, you usually start it. So. I know, I know. As opposed to those who don't have a career, don't. No, no. your with career, you. your career in Hollywood spans decades. So I, I, you know, I guess the the the, the big thing we, how did you start? as yeah. a prop maker because it's such an interesting field to get into in terms of cinema. Well, I actually started off in makeup. Oh, really? Yeah, because one of my first official films uh, was Reanimator. Yeah. Um, I was doing makeup on. Okay. So I, w I was, you know, how do I put this? Okay, in high school, you know, I was one of the kids of, oh, horror makeup, great, love it. You know, horror movies, horror movies. Um, uh, we ended up uh, getting thrown out of of, uh, of uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. All right, so let's just stop you there. They thought we were too young to see the movie. How old were you? 18. Okay. <laughs> and they said... No, no, you're too young. You, you, you can't be. It's like, you want to see my ID? And then the manager goes, are you arguing? Get out. <laughs> Where did you grow up, sir? Uh, well, I was born in Virginia. Where in Virginia? Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. okay. Uh, but at the ripe old age of two, my parents moved to California. And I've, I've been, basically been here ever since. In, in oh, Los Angeles. So how did you start? So you, you were into horror movies, right? You are into horror makeup. So I'm assuming you were geeky like us. Oh, yeah. One of my, one of my friends was uh, was my, my uh, I don't know how to put that. <laughs> one of my friends, we were, we were really into it. So we would, you know, practice making things. Like my first piece I ever made was a severed thumb, which scared the crap out of everybody in the neighborhood. Um because, you know, when you have a, a fake thumb and you've made up your thumb, look like it's all bloody and you've taken it off. Uh, yeah. People get upset about that, and then they call the uh, fire department. They come out and go, <laughs> why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, no, uh, one of my friends, his name is Jeff Farley. Mm -hmm. he's, he's currently a makeup artist. He does a lot of of uh horror movies um he uh he, he kept going in that direction um during let's see right after reanimator i started working on uh at john beekler's shop working on troll uh-huh and 
there was some other movie we were working on at exactly the same time because it was all the same characters anyway. <laughs> You're right. Troll and uh, Ghoulies. That's the one. Yes, Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Okay. So I worked the, after, and I was working for John Beekler while I was doing Reanimator. That was an that was on set makeup. Um, I got a, I was working. What's funny is I was working at Toys R Us when I got a phone call. Uh, they, they called my name up in the uh, up, up at Toys R Us to. Uh, but I had a, an important phone call. I needed to come to the front desk. Yeah. <laughs> so I go all the way to the front desk, and my friend calls has called me up and goes, "Hey, Mike. Yeah, we need a, 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 a an onset makeup guy uh, on the set tomorrow. You want the job?" And I went, "Is it for money?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've already done. I've done. I, I used to do a lot of, you know, uh, fan movies and stuff oh, like right, that right, as well. Right. And so my, he goes, oh, yeah, actually, it's pay, paying pretty good. I said, okay. So I walked up over to the manager's desk and go, oh, you know, I'm going to be either have to uh, be out tomorrow for another job. Or he goes, no, no, no. If you're not going to be here tomorrow, then, then you might as well just not come in. I said, oh, so you're firing me or laying me off? <laughs> Yeah, we're firing you. I said, "Okay, I want my check now." <laughs> uh, and you know, so I went on set. We we worked for for eighteen hours straight shooting. Yeah, on that, and then I went to the to Beekler's shop, John Beekler's shop, to work on 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 Troll and and so on, and. Uh, that worked out, and I said, you know, I, I like the lab work better than I like working with people. <laughs> so, and then I was working, the, after that, I ended up going into aerospace, actually, of all things. Really? I got called in to, uh, by my brother at the time, uh, to work uh, at an aerospace company. Um, as a temp to install telephones, which I was like, fine, that's easy. Um, and then suddenly I was thrust into making valves and stuff like that for the space shuttle and what have you. Wow. Uh, and then uh, I was, we were working there at, the, at that, I was working at that shop uh, when everybody was watching the space shuttle take off. Uh-huh. And we all went back to our desks to continue working when we heard when we heard everybody screaming in oh, the front office. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. yeah. So it, so the space shuttle exploded and so on. So I uh, I was like, okay, yeah, because hmm. I was one of the people who made there's a, a small environmental valve that is directly connected to their suits. Uh huh. And that was, you know, so I had a direct connection there. Uh, and I was like, uh, I don't know. Um, three weeks later, I got laid off, which was fine. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, 
that's a little too much responsibility in, in my view to you know right to be you know things that are people are depending on so i i ended up going sure no problem I'm not going to fight you on anything that's fine uh and then i got a call from another friend who basically said hey we're crewing up for masters of the universe <laughs> Uh, Canon Films. Canon Films, Golan Globus. And by this time, I had, you know, I, I had already been to, you know, my school, my, my college is in plastic technology. Mm -hmm. So I already had a vacuum farmer and I had already, you know, I knew how to do casting molding, blah, 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 already. Because working in, in makeup labs and stuff like that, you kind of know how to do that stuff. Um, so I went to work for, um, to, uh, I can't remember his name, Bob Short, Okay. who did, who did uh, Splash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. too. Um, so we ended, we were doing Masters of the Universe, but what's funny is, is that <clears throat> Masters of the Universe was, was uh, all the design work and everything was being done by Landmark Entertainment, which is Gary Goddard. Who ended up being the director of of Masters Universe? Um, well, six months previous to this, my friend that called me and I had already been doing a bid to make all of the, the Skeletor armor suits, all the the bad guys, yeah. blue and black. <clears throat> so we already knew everything about the costumes, how they're supposed to look, how they're supposed to be. Um, but we didn't get the bid on it. Mm -hmm. We didn't win the bid. So we ended up, I ended up getting the call. I said, sure, I'll come down and do that. They were already about halfway done with all of that. So we were working on that. Uh, I was doing some vacuum from with my own, own machine and stuff. Um, let's see, what else did we do? Now, during that time, I think it was during, during Master Universe, we ended up doing a, a movie called Munchies. Yep, Munchies. Mm -hmm. Now, and before I go any further, let me run really fast. He's going to pull out a Munchie. If he pulls out a Munchie, I'm going to freak. <laughs> to our listeners and viewers, if a Munchie comes on here, you're getting ready to see me. If you're listening to iTunes, he is now pulling out a... Oh, it's munchie. a Munchie! <laughs> oh my God, it's a Munchie. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> Well, it's a munchy head. Uh, still. Um, Thank you. When I, when I gave you episodes to listen to, <laughs> I've actually brought up munchies in a previous episode, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, and do you mind if I pause right there? And I, and I think I misheard you. So did, when you graduated high school, did you go to college? That was what I was, I, I didn't hear. I was, what was to, your... I was going to college while I was working in aerospace. Okay. That's in my certificates in, in plastics. Right, 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 right. Okay. okay, okay. I, I did I did a little bit of, of college right after high school and that was for uh, video technology, like doing this. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't, I don't like that either. Um, <laughs> you know, too much for, for at, at that point there was too much math involved. Right. Know? And, 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 and it was unnecessary because nobody cared. Um, 
So, which reanimator sequence did you work on? Did you work on the famous uh, head doing head or scene? Okay. Uh, a lot of the really... Uh, the scene... Well, there's we shot multiple scenes that day. Right. Which were agonizingly long... Um, but basically, yes, we did the, the, the head in the crotch. Yeah. We did the, uh, what, uh, the, see, it's been a long time since I've even seen the movie, but, uh, you're in the morgue and there's all the dead bodies that are coming to life. There's the, 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 the black guy with, with his special apparatus to cover his junk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what we called them at that point. Um, but we had the, we had a, a large lady, uh, an old man, and a couple of others. Um, when they were shooting the scene where, whatever her name is, the actress. Barbara Crampton. There you go. <laughs> When I was we hoping shooting, you would tell me a Barbara Crampton story. Of. When we were shooting that scene, okay, she made, okay, first of all, there were three makeup crews working that movie. Mm -hmm. Some of them were doing this, you know, this section of it, other, this section, so on. So everybody's already seen everybody naked. Right. <laughs> because everybody was naked. Right. Even before we put their little mustache covers and stuff on them. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What else are you going to get? It's a beard. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Beard now. Um, <laughs> but basically, she insisted that all non-essential crew leave the set. I can't say I blame her. Yeah. Okay, well... In reality, okay, so that means all the extras are there. Right. Okay. Or, I don't know, were they in that scene? No, there's no extras in that. It's just her and the doctor, I think. Doctor's head, yeah. Doctor's head. Um, and, you know, 35 guys. Right. <laughs> who are the ones... Who need to stay because they're taking care of the lights, the stakes, the da 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 da, da and all this other you know. So it's like, okay, well, all the rest of the crew have to. Be, well, the rest of the crew are the ones who put her makeup on while she was naked. Right. It didn't quite make sense to me, but I was like, whatever. I don't have to be on set right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the time I would have wanted to be on set. I'm just saying, but keep going, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, you know, that type of. It's like. It's odd that you're asking all of us to leave who've already seen yep. everything. <laughs> I, I've seen more stuff that I care to. It's, that was one of the one of the closing doors on my. Oh yeah, I don't really want to necessarily do this. I think I, the blood and gore is fine, but I don't need to know that all sixteen of these extras what they look like below the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Male or female. Yeah. Uh, 
Large variety. There it is. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so, so you got your first break in the prop making through Masters of the Universe and Munchies, and the, the, the is that where you your love? See, there. I okay. First of all, my father's a teamster. Yeah. Or was a teamster. Um. For at Universal Studios. Oh. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wanted me to do is be a, to be a uh, a teamster, a driver. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, I can't sit behind the wheel of a car and drive people around all day. I'll fall asleep and kill everybody. Um, <clears throat> but it it now if I had done that, I'd I'd, I'd be wealthy right now because they make a lot of money. <laughs> if you're constantly working, but. I uh, I also worked with a bunch of different people here and there during high school to reanimator in there that that block I worked uh, at a at an optical house called CPC um, and they did uh, the Pillsbury Pillsbury Doughboy commercials. <laughs> Uh, they're also the company that originated the Pappy Parker fried chicken commercials way back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, um, as well as a bunch of different things. Like uh, the, one of the first commercials that was done with with the toilet puppet bearer thing. I forgot what his name is. He advertises toilet paper. Snuggle. It's, yeah, it's oh snuggles. yeah, okay. Snuggles, oh. right? Snuggles. Yeah, 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 snuggles. Okay, so uh, that's in, in some cases that's where I would meet different people that uh -huh. went to these little little tiny jobs over a weekend. Um, uh, I, I, that's where I where, where I had worked with Tom Sherman. Tom Sherman was was the one person who knew everything about. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the models and so on. That was his favorite film. Um, he passed away quite a, quite a while ago. Um, but uh, that's where I ended up doing some rigging for, for having uh, carnation condensed milk fly through the cans, fly through the air. Uh, what else? At that point, they were doing History of the World Part 1. <laughs> uh, By the way, if you could see on the other side of the wall is an original one sheet directly behind the of History of the World Part 1, or okay. half sheet, yeah. Well, at the ending sequence, if you recall, is Jews in Space. Oh, yes, space, Jews yeah. in Space. Okay, so the the person I was was helping at the time for in in, in with his optical printer, um, I was the only one who didn't require glasses <laughs> because they had been doing all this stuff for so long, too many bright lights and so on. So I had to help them align the four heads of the optical printer so they could combine the star fields, the ships, yeah, and so on. For that scene, wow! Um, and and that that actually was kind of fun because it was like okay, that you wouldn't believe it's like oh, how far off is it? Uh, well, to my eye in this viewfinder, it's off by a sixteenth of an inch. 
and all of a sudden you put your eye out of the thing and watch the guy come up with a with a, a mallet and go whack. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. Whack. <laughs> and that's how you adjusted everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you loosen it up a little bit more and that's perfect. Okay. So as far as as far as optical printing and so on, that was my first going into helping use an optical printer. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I've done a lot of different kinds of things throughout history. Um, at one point with the same company, I was involved with uh, building and being the expert on model ships for one of the Universal Studios tours um, out here where they had... Uh, uh, Flash Gordon ship that would fly around the thing, go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had the Buck Rogers uh, Draconia ship, the big one. Yeah, yeah. And then the fighter ships and stuff. And they were having to recreate those because Heartland what didn't have those ships available to, to loan anybody for that. Um, so. I had to give them the specifications on how big those miniatures were and then go in and help wire all the electrical panels because you know on buck rogers they always had those those computers sitting next to the to the the um the star fighters with all the lights just blinking yeah yeah i had i had i had to put all those lights in that for the tour (laughs) so like i said i've 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 done a whole lot of different stuff but leading up to, uh, leading up to being working in, in, in more into props, um, but working at, at like at Bob Shorts for instance. At Bob Shorts we did Munchies there, we did Beetlejuice, um, Masters of the Universe, not in that order. Yeah. Um, we did uh, there's a couple other shows that we were doing all at the same time. It was kind of a mishmash mix of everything. We also did Captain Power, the TV show. Uh, I'm not familiar with Captain Power. Um, you'll have to look at it. It's, it's, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, to say it was, it was one of the first interactive with your TV type games. Yeah. Like it was a game and a show, and you had the yeah. viewer uh, and all that stuff. Yes. You could, you had a, you had the, the ship, and you could actually fire at the screen and get points oh. for, for shooting the, the the robots in the chest and stuff. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. No. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so at Bob Shorts, we built the prototype suits, which once again was another one of those things that my friend and I bid on and lost. And then it went to to the guy who designed for the ice capades, <laughs> or did, did design for the ice capades. And he was making everything out of, out of uh, gold lame and silver lame. When when Gary Goddard found out that what he was doing and went, whoa, stop. <laughs> so and it was it was all pretty special stuff. Um, and then it went to Bob Shorts, and Bob Short found out that me and, and and my friend were had had originally done a huge bid on the whole show, uh, which we didn't receive, but we were put in charge of of that project at Bob Shorts for a while <clears throat> to do the prototype suits 
then from the prototypes, you know, we went to uh, into making the actual suits for the series, um, which I went to Canada for two weeks before I escaped. Because um, it was, you know, they didn't need me there after I fixed everything. <laughs> um, but uh, during that entire period, we were doing, you know, when you're in a shop situation, whether you're doing makeup or whatever, you kind of end up having to do other things. Like on, on Beetlejuice, I was kind of, you know, trying to do, helping to do castings and stuff like that. And then I ended up actually making the, the radio controlled head mechanism for the flat man on Beetlejuice. Oh, wow. Is the one who has, you know, the messenger, and then he goes down the slot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I made, the, I, I made all the, the radio control mechanism for that. I also did his whole body, uh, sculpted all that out, and closed it. And um, they made me take off 80% of the blood that was on it. Because <laughs> they didn't want it too, you know, too, too bloody. Yeah, because there's not a whole lot of blood in Beetlejuice. No, no, and that's that, that was kind of it was kind of weird to us. Even the football players that kept coming in to see the yeah uh, the lady there were they were gross, but they weren't dripping or right. anything else. You know, I just never even thought about it till just now that as many times as I've seen it, there really just is not a whole lot of blood. No, even with those football players, I mean, there's a little bit, but it's mostly the makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. And you know, and that was a fun show. Um, we were on me, me, and a couple of other guys were on set besides the main makeup artist. Was it V Neil? Uh, huh? Was yeah, it V Neil? Right. But she was Beetlejuice. Right. We were doing the Bob Short company was doing the Maitlands makeups old age makeups and so on as they were deteriorating we did the the uh the scare heads you know where, where he had his hand and yeah right like that i did all the eyeballs on his hands oh. um which for me uh, personally this is what made the movie for me this is what hooked me into the movie so not beetlejuice himself i mean, <laughs> I, I really love I mean, no, the whole thought, thought of it. I actually really loved the, the, the thought of the movie. Oh, yeah. No, uh, there, there just wasn't anything uh, like that around at the time. Still no, hasn't not, been. No, not really. Um, then, uh, and at one point, the, the art director came in with a bunch of drawings and stuff, and we're like, this is odd. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are strange. Um, and what it was is, is Tim Burton actually was doing sketches. Yeah. Of the things like, um, we made a, the carousel hat. Oh. And that was made, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. I'll, I, I'll probably remember it shortly, but, uh, myself and Max Cervantes made, made this and we had to be on set with it. Um, and they broke it, which is amazing because it had steel gears in it, but it still broke it. Um, and we had to keep going back and re repairing it overnight for the next morning shoot mm -hmm. after we got up at like 
11 o'clock at night, go to the shop, repair it, be back on set at 5. <laughs> so in many cases, we slept in the car. Right. You know, um, we also did, uh, let's see, well, I mean, there was so many things. We did the, originally when, when Beetlejuice is, is, comes out of the, 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 the coffin. Yeah, yeah. There was supposed to be a, a ghoul-like thing to come up and his arms flipped out. The kind of, you know, it was weird. Yeah. Um, and then we built it, and it was built in miniature, and then it was built as a full-size piece, which I did the, the remote control stuff for that as well. And then they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to have, have you know, Michael Keaton fly out of it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever, okay, you know, it's your money, not ours. Um, what else did we do? I mean, because there was a, once again, there was a lot of stuff that was like doing the, uh, the snake on the hand railing and then the snake that twirls around uh-huh. and then the headless Maitland going up the stairs. Yeah. I made that as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and that actually had, you know, full arm things that you controlled from below. Uh, but, you know, that, that actually was a fun show because we actually had a, a pretty good team together at that point for that. Um, so, you know, every show has its thing that's really cool, and the other ones are like, oh, hmm, yeah, that well, was fun. <laughs> I always ask, um, we always ask, because we're like we, we've said, we like talking to production people. I usually ask your least favorite and favorite director to work with. So I kind of like to ask you that question and also maybe ask the worst show and the best show you worked on. Um, you know, it's, 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 what's interesting is, is when, I, when I look at my, my uh, IMDb page, and I look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's not even half of everything. Right. Um, yeah. But but then you go through the, the you know TV shows and so on. Right. So, like on Star Trek, there's you know there were hundreds of of directors. Yeah. Uh, different shows. I mean, you know, once again, there's just so much stuff. Um, I think one of my favorite films to work on was uh and believe it or not was the the hobbit trilogy yeah i could see that um well because there's a couple reasons one i was working for my friend uh richard taylor at at weta Uh and i wasn't in charge (laughs) (laughs) i was just a guy there to work on some stuff Mm -hmm. you know and so my my stress level was at like probably two. Yeah. You know? uh, whereas on other things here at my own shop, it's like, okay, we're at about eighty today. All uh, right. You know, um, as far as people, as far as directors that I had a problem with. I'm just curious. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. There's, we there's always. No, once again, there are so many different shows. There was, I think it was 
a commercial I worked on. Yeah. Where they kept coming in and telling us that um, they kept wanting something smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, but we have to remake it every time you tell us to do this. Right. And, you know, okay, sure, it's your money. Yeah. <laughs> You know, in many cases, oh, no, we don't want to pay any more money. We just want it the way we want it. It's like, well, no, we already delivered. Right. Um, probably is probably one of, one of the commercials uh, only because of they were trying to be too specific yeah. on what they wanted, and it didn't matter. Right. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, I mean, like, your career you have worked on uh, not just in my opinion but the world's opinion on many classic films i mean you've worked on both gremlins you've worked on back to the future you've worked on star trek i mean you've worked on uh, you've worked on every single star trek from next generation to the jj abrams directed movies i i've worked on about halfway through the first season of next generation right all all the rest of the way through though Let's start with that. Like, how do you start on Star Trek and then just continue to to keep working on it? Well, my one of once again, it's it's okay. To be honest, I have never. I've, I've always had a portfolio. I have never shown my portfolio <laughs> to get a job. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Connections. I, I have basically been like, oh, hey, who was that guy? Or blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. Um, I've had to show my, my portfolio after I've gotten the job. At one point, we were working on some, some stuff for Disneyland for, for Star Tours. And they're like, do you have a portfolio? I said, yeah, do you really need to see it after two weeks of working? He said, i just like to see it because, you know, I usually look at everybody's portfolios before I hire them, and we just hired you straight off the bat. I'm like, sure, I'll bring it in tomorrow. <laughs> um, and no, but I mean, you know, that's it. It's, 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 I, it's, to me, it's strange that I'm not showing my portfolio, but at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, don't have time for this. <laughs> right. Just, just, let's get, get, get things done. Let's get to work. Um, but as far as Star Trek, basically, <laughs> what's I was called into a shop to do some vacuum forming. Uh -huh. I didn't have a vacuum former. So I got called into a shop to do some vacuum forming uh, for a movie called I Come in Peace. Uh -huh. With Dolph Lundgren. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> a classic film. <laughs> Is Dolph from, is that Dolph Lundgren and Brian Benben who went on to be in Dream On? I think so. I, I, I believe so because it does end with he, "I come in peace, is, you leave in pieces." Says, yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, <laughs> that's okay. Go ahead. Sorry, but I think oh. Brian Benben played the. I'm just amazed you worked on three Dolph Lundgren films. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I come in to make the because you know he has the uh, the piece of. Jets out, 
that he sticks into people and does whatever he's draining. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that it's is. It's been a long time. Um, in fact, I still have the the prototype one of that piece up in a box somewhere upstairs. Because uh, it was a hexagon acrylic rod that was made into the right. spear piece. Um, so I'm vacuum forming parts and vacuum forming parts and because they're redesigning this this arm piece 50 times i'm like sure i'll keep making as many as you want and every time i would make make one they'd want four or five sets of parts um and then the the director and art director would come in and change the whole thing again <laughs> so I'm like, that's fine. I get paid for every single piece. That's fine. I'll keep going. <laughs> going. <clears throat> and then uh, the the shop foreman at that time was Paul Pearson. And he goes, oh, hey, can you uh, come in and work on some of this other stuff? And I went, sure. How long do you need me to come in? He goes, oh, just a couple of days. <laughs> I come in a couple of days, and at that point, we have Star Trek Next Generation in and Gremlins at the same time. Oh. So we're we're going, you know. So one day I'm over working on one little piece over here, and I, then it comes to it's it's been a week, and they haven't t asked me to stop coming in. And I go, so what's going on? Am I staying or am I going? And they go, oh, well, they'd like to hire you on. Okay, fine. Hire me on, whatever. Worked out whatever, all the, all the money that wasn't enough. Um, and uh, started, you know, one of my first jobs on Star Trek was making the com badges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 150 of them. Wow. And then it was the phasers, and then it was uh, the Klingon disruptor, and this, blah, 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 blah. Um, the, uh, for Gremlins, we started making, what was it? We made... Uh, the smokeless the, ashtray? No. <laughs> the, the big aluminum book that he's carrying around with the little thing that flips up. Oh, yeah. We made that, a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. We made, um, oh, I can't remember all the other stuff, though. It's, it's, it's you know, we were making, uh, you know, frying pans you can hit people with, um, stuff that didn't even end up in the cut. Right, yeah. Uh, we ended up making, what else did we end up making? For Gremlins Two, we ended up making we we had to, we had to make pudding cups and uh, drills that the puppets could hold. We took, we're taking Makitas and ripping everything out of them and putting in a different motor and stuff. Right. Um, so you had to make, <laughs> but you had to make pudding cups that they had to hold. Yeah, so they wouldn't drip out and rot. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, some scenes with puppets take a while. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we made those. We made we made Twinkies. 
when we had to make actually make Twinkies out of foam. Yeah. And that we had to be able to cut if they had one of them to cut them open or rip them open, it had the cream filling in the center. Was that a, was that a difficult task? I have to ask. It wasn't that easy. <laughs> really? It wasn't that easy because the cream filling had to be a, a solid. It couldn't be a cream filling. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> you know, so you'd put them together and have them take a bite, and they'd still have half a Twinkie in their hand. Okay, oh. I gotcha. So rigging some stuff like that is is kind of difficult. Then we also we molded the we we had a uh, the first prototype gremlin bat from the second movie. Yeah. Oh wow. And everybody was having fun. So here we are with the sculpture, and we're supposed to be molding it. And I go, it doesn't have any genitalia. <laughs> we literally went in and sculpted little genitalia onto it before we molded it. So you gave it a fruit and berry? I mean... <laughs> yeah. And, and then we made like 15 castings of it. Because these were supposed to be hanging up in those, in the cages in the lab. Right. Yeah. And, and for some reason... They were sculpted with the arms out instead of like where they're hanging, but they're hanging upside down with the wings out, which makes no sense. <laughs> um, and when they came to pick those up, the uh, the art director commented on how large endowed these animals <laughs> are. So not only did you sculpt a dick, you gave them a huge dick. <laughs> No, not really. Remember, it's a bat. It's only this case. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> proportionally. So you and, and you made John Holmes gremlin dicks. <laughs> and then they insisted that we take them all off. <laughs> it was like, come on. We're not even going to see it. <laughs> so we had to literally hack them off. It would have made the attack on Dick Miller a whole lot more interesting, I think. <laughs> That's true. These gremlin uh, dicks are attacking Dick Miller. <laughs> so, so we ended up taking all those off, unfortunately. Um, oh, what could have been? Yeah. Yeah. Could have been epic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I was just thinking of. I've never uttered the sentence at my work. Well, today I took all these dicks off of gremlins <laughs> that I thought was necessary when we were building the gremlin. <laughs> well, you lived a charmed called. life. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Setting so, your fingers to the bone with a Dremel, that's always good. Oh, <laughs> that sounds horrible. Do you want to talk about some of the restoration stuff? Or do you want to talk about more about the, some more movies? What would you... Um, so, you're doing some restoration for Disney, correct? Uh, I, I was, yes. Okay. I actually do... Right now, all of the stuff we do for Disney is for walk-around costumes. Okay. So, we do, like, the arm gauntlets for Black Widow for the walk-around people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In costume. Um... 
we do Vanellope's hair hair candies and stuff for the walk around costumes, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that for um, if, is that for Disneyland and Disney World or just Disney everything? Disney everything. <laughs> I was gonna say because I know Disney Cruise has a lot of those characters now yeah. for the cruise line. For, if you go, it, it's there's a hub in Florida uh-huh. where everything goes to and then it gets distributed. It's for Euro Disney. Uh, Disney Hong Kong, Disney uh, Shanghai, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Japan, Florida, um, and all the cruise lines and the the, the costume characters at all those locations. Uh-huh. You know, like they have the the character breakfasts and stuff like that. Right. So a whole big variety of different kind of stuff and as far as that's concerned. The, the restoration stuff was for the Disney archives. Okay. I was going to say, I would imagine they're very, very protective. So how do you get in, so to speak, to get to do restoration work for the archives? I've heard some other people talk about it, and uh, I've read an interview with somebody that had to repair the old Mickey Mouse guitar from the old Mickey Mouse show. Uh-huh. And they talked about how it was... You know, under lock and key and, and that sort of setup. Yes, it is. <laughs> In fact, when when you have stuff like that, you have to you have to have it secured. Um, but it really depends on what it is, because in some cases, some pieces are there may be ten or fifteen of them, and you're restoring one or two of them. Uh, in other cases, um, some of the stuff we did a, a few years back was we were given original maquette molds from from Disney archives that were on their last leg. Okay. And they wanted to make sure that they had copies out of those molds. Because, you know, depending on the original maquette, little maquettes, study models that they would use back in, in the, the 50s and 60s and so on and 70s were in some cases cast out of plaster. Mm-hmm. And those would have a tendency to break or, you know, get knocked and so on. So most of the newer ones are either fiberglass or a urethane cast material. So we, we took those particular molds that they still had in existence, and some of those were from the 70s, which means that they're, they weren't in great condition. And we would have to do whatever we could to get copies out of those molds. I saw one of the ones that you all did was uh, the old school Elliot from Pete's Dragon. I saw that one online. Uh huh. Yeah, that that's one of those pieces. My wife was demanding that she was going to be the one who, who did all the cleanup on that. And I said, "Have fun." Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, she, when she, if if she sees this interview, she'll she'll smack me. But at, for certain things, Disney. She will get very angry retentive about finishing. Now, and see, there's, there's, here's another fun fact for you. My wife, uh, her father, was Chief Red Stick in Daniel Boone. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> and Johnny Crawford, the rifleman's son, and Mouseketeer is her uncle. Oh, really? Wow. Um. That's not how we got in, though. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, my my first working with Disney for walk around costumes and stuff was back when Star Tours opened at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, I was part of the crew that made the C3PO costume walk around suits. Okay. Um, and one of the ladies longer with Disney remembered me looked me up found out where I was and said hey can you do some stuff and we we started redoing stuff or started doing stuff for them uh, on a regular basis for um, for Jack Sparrow walk around costumes because mm-hmm. um, we actually had already worked on some of the stuff for the film and so on right um, but not in that area. We were on the other side. Uh, so getting into Disney for, for me was somebody had remembered me from a, a previous shop. Yeah. And so on. So that was my, that was my, my key to the door. Um, so it's, it's in, in many cases it is who, you know, who remembers you, you know, you were, were you an ass? Right. <laughs> well, we, we often ask when we have people on, you know, for our fans who are interested in, in doing whatever it is, the speciality of that, of that guest is, it's like, well, how do you get into the business if this? So how would you get in the business if you wanted to be in props? And usually the story is, well, I knew a guy or I knew a gal and they knew somebody and then they asked me and then that led to someone else. And it's very rare that we don't get that story. Right. Well, well, for for me, like I said, I, going into Star Trek, I I was on another job, and they decided they wanted to keep me on, and I moved on from there. Um, in in many cases, it is who do you know, you know, who have you bugged the crap out of, uh-huh. you know, to try and and find out. You know, who do you call to find this out? Who do you call to find that out? Um, for for me, it I didn't search out people. Mm-hmm. I was one of those guys who was always helping everybody out. Like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Here, let me help you with that. This is how I would do that if I were you. Um, and, you know, ha- once again, having done so many different things, um, I'm one of those guys who wants to know how something works. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, you know, I'm, and, okay, I'm not going to say I'm not a geek or a, a nerd or any of those, because if you aren't, then, then there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Geek or a nerd of something. I was gonna yes. say you just saw me geek out over a munchie head. <laughs> well, I freaked out over it too because I thought it was gone. Oh, that is amazing! <laughs> and I found it in a box, and this is one of the ones that we had on our line to make to finish off for munchies. And I was like, "Oh, how the hell did I was I able to keep that?" Oh. And it was just in a box. The, the show was over with, and I was like, I'm going to keep that. Because we were throwing things away, and I'm like, I'm going to keep one of those. Yeah. And every time you hear some things about people throwing things like that away in movies, my heart breaks. Cause I'm like, 
But that, that's, that's the story we hear the most. Yeah. Yeah, we hear it all the time. Well, you know, storage costs X amount of money. We were already working on a low-budget film that would later go on to be this thing 30 years later that we had no idea was going to be anything because you're just looking for the next job, right? You oh, mean, yeah. well, Reanimator, you know, Reanimator was, went from like, oh, yeah, another one of those films. <laughs> to, now, now it's a cult classic, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, I still have my my crew gift from Reanimator, which is a, a like a doctor smock with Reanimator just silkscreened on it. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, the, uh, but it's like, oh, it's like for munchies, okay? Uh, my, myself and Max Cervantes at Bob Shorts, we did all the mechanicals for all the, the, the functional munchies. Yeah. We were also the puppeteers for the munchies. Along with a bunch of other people, um, and in in the show you see a little tiny munchkin hand come out and grab something and 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 pick it up. That was actually a full on mechanical hand that was only this big. Wow! And I built that. Um, but you know, once again, so many different things. Well, how do you do this? I don't know. Let's try. <laughs> right. Um. And see, a lot of people nowadays, as far as looking for a job in 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 the film industry, yeah, a lot of people get they they're looking for their niche. For me personally, if I was going to hire someone, I don't want someone who only does one thing. Right. I want somebody that I can go to and go, hey, go make here's the, here's the drawing, go make this. Yeah. Now whether that's sculpting, or whether that's molding. Casting, I want to hand that piece to them and have them make the, the, the master, make a mold, if, that, if that's what it takes. Make the piece, make a mold, make castings, and finish them. I want somebody who can do everything. I want a jack-of-all-trades within reason. Right. Now, if you have all these other marginal skills, I'm even happier. Because there are so many people who go to school for special effects. Yeah. And they can do, you know, they can, some of them think they can sculpt and some of them can sculpt. Um, and they learned how to do molds of their stuff and even possibly run the foam. But some of those people can't apply the makeup. Wow. Some of the best makeup artists are going to sculpt it mold it, cast it, and apply it because you've designed it as the person who's applying the makeup. You've designed it so you know how it's supposed to go down, how it's supposed to be glued down. You know? Because in other words, you're so you're a sculptor and a lab tech. That's all you are. Right. So I would prefer somebody who has, has a variety of, of uh, abilities it'll help it, it helps me out go okay so who knows how to whip stitch fur you know right in case you know for making you know something right and you and you never know what you're gonna make when you when you're even even when you're on a show that's like star trek oh well you have to make uh dak 
Jack is worms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you can't feed actors worms. Right. So you have to make worms that they can eat. <laughs> that makes you sense. Think about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, They're best served live. Yeah. And then yeah. the worms have to move, right? Before the, yeah. In some, in, yeah, well, they have one plate with worms moving. Uh-huh. And they cut. Oh, okay. them picking them up and, okay. So on DS9, we had... Uh, a a styrofoam bucket or you know uh, uh, ice chest yeah that was half full of of dirt and so on and an entire colony of of night crawlers and earthworms mm-hmm. okay so they could be taken out used put back in okay and then clean out the bowl and then take and put in the, the 10 pounds of gelatin worms that were made. Yeah. That were vanilla flavored. <laughs> uh, At least you took uh, that into consideration. Well, yes, because I always know what's going to happen. See, when we were doing making those for the first time, the prop master, which was Joe Longo on, on DS9, he said, I, cause I basically bought him, brought him a clear plastic bag full of gelatin worms. Mm. I said, okay, here's your worms. <laughs> and he goes, let me see you eat one. <laughs> I'm like, I've been eating those all weekend. <laughs> eat, eat one. I go, okay. And I ate it. And now when I say gelatin, I'm talking about like jello gelatin, not not uh, gummy bear. Right. Because there's no way. It... Yeah. <laughs> These are overcooked. Um, <laughs> so then he goes, okay. I said, now you try one. He's like, I don't want to eat those. You know, because we basically had taken earthworms and molded real earthworms. Not sculpted ones. We took real earthworms, molded them, and then filled the molds up. I don't... How How does one even do that? <laughs> you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> I actually was sitting here thinking I probably don't want to know. <laughs> Poor earthworm Jim. <laughs> so basically... He finally took one and he said, this, you made them vanilla? I go, well, I don't know what other flavor I would have made them. I mean, because they were brown, you know, translucent parts of them were translucent brown and the rest brown. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it got to have, at least have a good taste to it because you're, you know, picking up a, yeah. you know. <sighs> Put them all together, make a giant tapeworm or something out of it. But um, uh, so those went on set, and and once again they were the actors were reluctant to eat them, and he, until he picked one up and went, oh, it's a vanilla flavored. And then they took one a piece off camera and and tasted them. They go, okay, we can do this. 
don't blame them. <laughs> uh, now on Voyager, they didn't use worms. They used uh, these, um, like a bamboo shoot thing, which are edible. I don't remember what they were, because that was Alan Sims on that show. Um, but they still wanted them to be able to be moving. So we actually had to make radio control bowls that had these little arms that would move to make things undulate, you know, and make them move so they looked like they were alive. Huh. So that's, once again, you know, a different take on the same thing. Hmm. So you just had to keep reinventing the wheel for the same show. <laughs> well, di- well, it's a different show. Well, different show. I'm sorry. Voyager's out in the, the, the Delta Quadrant. Yes, 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 yes. You, you're talking to nerds. We we understand, but... <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean uh, you know, it's a show that already had its... It basically already had its basis made. So you know, this is established what yeah. it looked like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, see, and, and, you know, we I worked with the prop department. We worked a little bit with the with set dressing here and there. And we also worked with Bob Blackman, who was the wardrobe uh, designer. Um, so we would do wardrobe pieces as well as, as, as you know, props and so on. So we would do armor. You know, we did the the uh, Breen helmet and armor. We did. Uh, who else did we do? We did some of the costume pieces for the the, the rock episode, the re- wrestling rock episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voyager, we did all the the light up panels that were all over the costume, including the shoes. Um, uh, Enterprise, we were doing the Orion slavers. They had like bolts sticking out of their neck, and yeah, you know, shoes that were you know normal men could not wear. They were <laughs> they were like size. Uh, 28. <laughs> That's a big shoe. Yeah, it's a big shoe. Uh, a really big shoe. So, <laughs> Star Trek was definitely, you know, has definitely been a um, very big part of my life. Right. Um, but other ones, you know, I mean, just, I mean, once again, me remembering everything I've worked on. When I wrote all all my list down originally for for uh, for my original portfolio about ten years ago, it's like uh, it's not even half of what it is. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, worked on Tales of the Crypt. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one we did the the uh, the. The show the or the movie? The movie. The, the movie. movie Demon Knight, right? No, no, the, no, the, the actual movie. Oh, the real tales. Oh, I'm sorry. The oh, hammer. Demon Knight. The movie Demon Knight. Right. We did the we did the uh, the key to with blood's uh-huh. Christ blood in it. See. Oh. <laughs> Told you to. And the, and the you... briefcase. Yeah. That it, that it was in. We did that. Um, See, when you said tales uh, from the crypt, I automatically thought because you did the original hammer tales from the crypt. As well, that was like one of your first ones on, on at least on your IMDb oh, page. It was totally. once it, once again. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, but... I know. I know. <laughs> See, for for me, when I do talks like this, like at a convention or something, 
It's like, okay, what do you guys want to know? <laughs> so it'll trigger something yeah. in the back, in the in the Rolodex. And yeah, when we're talking to us, we just like to hear about your career. I mean, you know, nothing specific, but you know, because you, uh, I mean, your 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 span isn't. I mean, you've worked in Batman Forever, Rocky Four. I mean, it uh, it goes I, on and on. Two. Total Recall, the original. Uh, oh, I forgot about Total Recall, yeah. I mean. Right. One question, uh, actually. Arcan, Death with Wolves, you know, huh? One, uh, one question I actually wanted to ask, too, was, and you mentioned before I think we started filming, you've got the, the sculpt for the uh, <coughs> um, Art Asylum Star Trek tricorder behind you. Uh, wow. But you also uh, are involved in, in helping design toys, correct? Because you did some of the Star Wars science toys, and I have to mention that because my son's uh, obsessed with them. Yeah, that was for um, Uncle Milton toys. Yeah, we did, we 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 helped do do the uh, the mine. Uh, yeah, the uh, thing that you use the force, you lift it up. My son's obsessed with it, so I, I had to bring it up because when I saw you were involved in that, uh, yeah, we also we also did the the. Frog habitat uh, for Yoda's hut. Yeah. Uh, explorer sets. Uh, a lot of different stuff. Um, but but also we did stuff for Mattel, you know, for Hot Wheels, for Big Jim, for uh, what else? A bunch of different stuff. I mean, it's just... When, when you're working on the toys, how is it different than working on something that's going to be used on screen? Well, in some cases, it's it, it's even more rushed. Really, uh, really. We were, yeah, we were we were the fix it team. So after the the way it normally works with any toy when you're working with China is you design and and, and it varies a little bit. Um, you design the toy. And in some cases, no matter what company it is, whether it's Hasbro, Mattel, so on, so on. In some cases, you do a prototype that's a functionality prototype. It's basically to show the actions of what you're supposed to be doing, what, what it's supposed to function mm -hmm. like. And the rest of the design is all drawn out and everything else. And, they, and then China makes a prototype of a final piece. Well... Then that comes back from China for approval, and nine times out of ten, there was the communication was bad. Right. And so you get something that is slightly like what you were thinking about, but not quite. Right. So we would be called in on Thursday or Friday, and. Uh, and usually it was Friday at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Just just when rush hour is going to hit, so it's going to take us two and a half hours to get back or across the across the, the freeway um, for a forty-five minute trip. It should take. Um, and we're given the project to make it look like. It's supposed to, according to the drawings, and make it work like it's supposed to, according to the drawings. Yeah. By Monday morning. So, in some cases, it's an entire 
90 percent of the time it was an entire rebuild i'm hoping you're getting paid extra for that in some cases yes and in some cases no. <laughs> no. well yeah of course yeah and then there's always changes on monday oh we'll take it back and change this to that yeah we changed the design over the weekend but that's that you know it's it, it happens all the time so you kind of get used to it to hit the ground running running on star trek we only had a maximum of six days to make anything yeah wow because of the matter how many we had to make either yeah that makes sense yeah are were you a trekkie before you started working on star trek i was just kind of curious um i like the original series yeah uh and, you know, I, I knew who Spock was and everybody else. So I, I did like it, yes. Um, and, and just to give you background, too, I've been going to Star Trek and science fiction conventions since I was in high school. Right. I graduated in, in, in 81. Uh-huh. So I've been going to, to, to these events for a while. Right. Um, and, and, and some of them, you know, a lot of them I used to go to just as an attendee. Other ones later on, as I was working, especially if I went out after starting to work on Star Trek and some of those, mm-hmm. I would be asked to be a guest. Yeah, you know, and most of those were here here in the Los Angeles area. So I was like, sure, just give me a free ticket to get in. I'll come down. I don't care. Right. Um. Uh. That, that you guys know what Dragon Con is? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's. Here's, here's a very disappointing story for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, during Voyager, I'm asked, I, I, I get a phone call from somebody at, 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 at Dragon Con, and they go, we'd like you to be a guest at Dragon Con. I'm like, great, okay, sure, I can do that. So we start talking about different things. You know, I could be on a panel with, with, Mike Akuda, John Eves, and Rick Sternbach, the, you know, the designers and so on. And I can t- talk about my end of it after we get the drawings from them. And so we, we set it up for that. Okay, so, I'm, so, okay, so it, it's this day, blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, so who do I talk to about arranging the flight and the hotel room? And this is where it goes downhill. <laughs> I said, okay, so what happens? Okay, well, let me, I can give you the name of our, of our person who takes care of arranging flights and so on like that. And I'm sure she can get you a good rate on your flight and, and, and a good rate on your room. <laughs> now, if I'm a guest. Yeah. Why am I paying for a room, and why am I paying for, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, then on top of that, they go, oh, and for every day that you do a panel, you'll get a ticket to go to the convention for the day. <laughs> and I went, why? If I'm only doing one panel, why wouldn't I get a, a ticket for the entire convention? Yeah. And and and. It, what came out of their mouth was was that you're not important enough to, <laughs> to uh, for us to pay for all that. You're not you're not an actor and and have 
Uh, well, that's, said, that's what that happens all the time. We moderate for conventions. I moderate for our local Comic Con, a Scarefest, and several of them. And this is something we run into all the time. We're like, hey, why don't you get blah, blah, blah? Well, well, there, who knows who that is, Joe or James or Chad? You know what I mean? And like, well, fans know who they are. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, and so I was like, oh, so you want me to pay? They go, well, yeah. I go, why would I want to pay to come to your convention and then work? Yeah. And they're like, well, but you're, but you're not a famous actor, so we wouldn't pay for that. I said, well, then why are you asking me? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's if, just... I, if I lived in Georgia or someplace close, that would be different. Yeah. That's disappointing. That's why, that's why we like doing this podcast that we do, and we kind of stumbled into it, but that's, our, that's one of our main focuses is we like to talk to the people like you, like production designers, like special effects coordinators who work behind the movies because you all are have the best stories and you're the reason why these movies look and are the way that they the, are. The way I always say it is you all are the ones that legitimately build literally the world. Yeah. I mean, the world that I, cause I grew up watching Star Trek, every version of it ever. Um, I've got a lot of toys, some of which I bought as an adult, but, uh, the, uh, but it goes back to the fact that, you know, it's a world. It is complete. There is, you know, the, the, the worms and the sets and all of that stuff. It may be escapism, but it's it's not like, oh, okay, I'm completely taken out of it because the world fits together. Yeah. And, and it's the production people that do that. It's not the actor that shows up on set, comes out of the trailer, reads a couple lines... I mean, obviously they're part of it. You have to have them there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do. You do. It's just something we, I mean, there's legitimately named directors that some of these cons will not pay for, much less some of the writers. For example, a couple of years ago, and we won't say the one, I mean, and they're really good to us, but they won't pay moderators either if it makes you feel any better for yeah. these things, right? They really want us there. Yeah, they really want us there. I mean, it's amazing how much of fuss they'll kick up about an extra ticket. Yeah. Like if you want to bring your wife or something like that. Uh -huh. the, our local ones do a pretty good job with us, but I've, I've been really shocked. There was one, well, this is about you. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually lost my train of thought. And yeah, they, they wanted to have more writers. And James was like, yeah, I'll contact this person, this person, this person. But they didn't want to pay for them to come in. They wouldn't pay for the hotel room. These people would come in for free. They just needed transportation in a hotel room. Which I didn't think was all that out of the way, you know. But it's been it's been pretty consistent. If you're not on camera, and even then, if you're not, you know, the, the they'll give guarantees to big name stars. But everybody else, it's like, well, they we might let them come, but we're not gonna. Right. And and it goes back to I'm like, there there's a reason this exists. There's the reason. And, and my thing is, I usually don't charge. An appearance fee like everybody else does. I go, you got to give me a room, yeah. Give me a flight, transportation wherever I need to go, and I need a per diem to eat. Yeah. You know, other than that, I'll do five, you know, things a day if that's what you want. I don't care. Yeah. Give me a table. I'll sit down and talk to people all day. You know. Well, yeah, because you're talking to fellow nerds and geeks. You already have something in common, right? These people are probably already like the same things you like. Exactly, and and that's and and that's the thing too is you know, 
um, you know, I've done, I don't know how many conventions now, but, uh, you know, I do in conjunction up in Indianapolis. Sorry, uh, we have a cat over here who's going crazy, so, so the audience oh, won't hear. We have to actually pick him up. <laughs> he escaped. Uh, cats and two dogs and three kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, and that's the reason I had to get up earlier. I'm sorry, Mike, because my, my seven-month-old was screaming. We had the door locked to the basement, and somehow this little guy opened the door so that we could hear the baby screaming, too. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, but, but you know, I'm, I just, I did, you know, I, I not only... I'm a guest at conventions. I, in fact, we just did the Doctor Who convention this last weekend. Oh, wow. You know, which, was, which is called Gallifrey. Now, I worked that convention as, as a guest liaison with the convention, with, with my friend's company, where we bring in the guests. You know, we had the first doctor, the new first doctor at this convention uh -huh. and stuff like that. Um, it's like... Yeah, I live in the area. It's fine. I'll I'll have fun with my with with my friends, meet some new people. Right. And I don't mind doing that. But once again, I don't live in Georgia. Yeah. Hell, I don't even you know I could I couldn't walk there on a on a good day. Um, <laughs> but I also do you know I do a Star Trek convention in England. Uh huh. In, in uh, April, I'm going to. The, the Germany for a uh, for destination Star Trek in Germany, and then in October I'm doing uh, the destination Star Trek in uh, in England. Yeah, and once again, airfare, hotel room, food, done, easy. Yeah, you know, and I I basically I bring. I bring props to those things. I do talks on the stages. I do talk. I sit there and talk to everybody at at our displays. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and tell people, you know, how did we make that? Well, this is made out of that. Blah 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 blah. Right. Yeah, but off the subject of conventions. Yeah, sorry about that. We didn't mean to get. Oh no, no, I I kind of brought it up anyway. Well, no, no, but it, it's very true, and it's something that we obviously all four of us can relate on that we yeah. have experience with. Which, which is like I said, one of the reasons we started this podcast. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I, we've I think we've we've been talking now for about what an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and twenty minutes, and no idea. Yeah, well, <laughs> hour and twenty minutes. I called it right. Yeah. Not even um. But we won't keep you much. We won't keep you much longer. We just wanted to again thank you for taking the time and maybe tell us what what you have coming up. Yeah. I noticed you. Uh, what did you said? He had a meeting he couldn't do next weekend because he was going to be where? I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, no, I can't say no, nothing. No, we're not talking about that. Oh. <laughs> but I love you so much, and we both have beards. <laughs> oh, well, I had a white one down to here last week. Oh, really? Hot. Hot. Well, what uh, what do you have coming up that you can't tell us about that if people are interested? You want to pimp your well, website and I, a few I, other things? Well, like I said, I, I do a lot of work with a lot of different companies. Like I'm I'm working currently with EFX Collectibles. Yeah. Which has like one of the licenses for Star Trek prop or Star Wars props. Um, and you know. They also have the Marvel license. They have, you know, you name it, they've got it. Um, 
We did a Star Lord helmet that's supposed to be coming out, I believe, for Comic Con San Diego. Uh-huh. Uh We're hoping to have the one of the Ant Man helmets out pretty soon. That's cool. Um, you know, I'm working on something every day, whether anybody likes it or not. I'm, <laughs> I'm today because I'm working on. We're for Destination Star Trek uh, in Germany. Uh, we're we're working on some some products for that. Which one of them, which I can tell you about this one, is we're doing Odo's bucket oh. from DS Nine. That is fantastic. Which is going to be a limited edition for uh, both the April and October conventions. So, uh, as your friends of Bonehead. <laughs> It, it, it behooves me to mention that we would love one of those. I mean, uh, just saying, just throwing that out there. If you could just remember us later on. But your studio is online. You do have a website for it, correct? Right. Yes, I do. It's hms-studios.com is our website. Um, it hasn't been updated in a while. Uh, I don't remember what we would update it with, except for a lot of the... We, we just recently finished a uh, one of the green Power Ranger helmets from the original Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. The effects as well. Um, we're trying to work on a lot of our own IPs, our, in, all, our own in, intellectual properties. Uh-huh. Uh, train, you know, some toys and sculptures and so on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know... We do 3D printing. We do everything, you know, vacuum farming. Whatever, whatever comes through that door, we'll more than likely do it for someone. <laughs> Seven days a week, 24-7, right? Well, if you want to survive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything particular show that you want to ask something about, I'm good. I got time if you need it. Well, do you want to ask one last question? We can. You can ask me almost anything. I told, well... Not that one. The, thing, the <laughs> things I want to ask you about other than that one are probably too risque for uh, our audience. Um, uh, <laughs> our audience, not well, you and I. We talked about I it a little... I don't have real piercings. So. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit before I think we actually started recording, but I do know we have some people who actually have this really sincere attachment to Return to Oz, and you all did restore TikTok. Yep. What was the, and you've talked about things under lock and key like that before, what was the restoration process like on that? Because I can't imagine he came to you in the best of shape. Well, actually, the body of him and the head were actually in really good shape. It was his arms. Huh. His arms were, 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 uh, in some cases, broken and Need to be some, have some repairs done, but the other thing was he was missing his badge. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so we had to recreate that for it, including the door that covered up the the, the uh, where that was. Because um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of what that guy looks like when when the actor's inside of that. No, I haven't seen that. He's he's a he was a contortionist, yeah. and he's completely folded in half inside of this thing. Oh, 
because he's he's inside of a of, of, of two acrylic spheres. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how he could do it. What? Where, all those scenes are pretty long. Where Where did TikTok end up? I mean, is he just back in the Disney archives? Yeah. He, what? Well, when they did, we after the the year that we finished him. They did D23. Right. Yes. Okay. And D23 is, of course, the Disney convention. Uh So he was on display with a bunch of costumes from the same show, as well as a bunch of other ones. Um, And, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty prevalent. Exactly. You could see everything. It was very shiny. Mm -hmm. Hard to take pictures of him. Um, but he's now back in the archives, just like most of the all those maquettes that are in the in the pictures. Yeah. Those are all in uh, either the main archives warehouse or at Disney Studios at the archive offices. Wow! Well, I was where is the yeah, archives is located? That... Yeah. Again. Uh, where where are the archives located? You hear all these stories, and I would imagine it looks like the Smithsonian because we're talking about well, like 80, okay. 90 years of of filmmaking. Well, when you're talking about the Star Trek, uh, sorry, not Star Trek, but when you're talking about Disney, they have an office archive, uh-huh. uh, which is on the studio lot, Yeah. which also includes Walt Disney's original office, which is still there. Yeah. Um, but in the archive offices, basically it's, it's in, in the new one of the new Disney buildings there, but you you go in, it's like a regular office, they've got display cases around, and then tons of, of manuscripts, and then you go into the back area, which you have to, to be escorted back, where they have some stuff that they're categorizing and so on right now. Yeah. But as far as the main archive, though, there, there are multiple locations. Okay, I, it had to be, yeah. That are undisclosed to most people. Yeah. So it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's being studied by top men. Man, top, yeah. <laughs> like the last shot of Raiders of the Lost Ark was the, <laughs> Yeah. It's not quite like that, but it's pretty impressive. I would so, imagine. Let me um wow. let me talk about uh, there's one movie uh, you know I kind of would be curious to hear that you worked <laughs> on. So when I looked at your IMDb page, I mean uh-huh. every movie stuck out like. Okay, I could see what I was when I, my 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 imagination just went crazy. Going, I wonder if he worked on this. I wonder if he worked on that part of the movie. There's one movie in your entire IMDb list that I couldn't even possibly fathom what you could have worked on. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I did. I missed it. I didn't see Pulp yeah, Fiction. Yeah, he worked on Pulp Fiction. And yeah, it just says it, they they keep messing around with my page here as it is. Oh, because <laughs> um, the, the the Beetlejuice munchies and Total Recall, where it says special effects credit three, and then you have to click the the little arrow to the side to see them. <laughs> makes makes no sense. But anyway, okay. So Pulp Fiction, uh, Rubber Guns. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. God, that was a long time ago. Uh, rubber knives, plastic knives, uh, blood knives. Um, 
You were hoping that he built the GIMP suit, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you were hoping he was hoping you built the GIMP suit. You know what I'm talking? Uh, about? Remember the suit? <laughs> the, I don't remember that at all? Real, the guy that have you seen Pulp Fiction? Have you seen Pulp Fiction? A long time ago. Well, right, right. Well, the Bruce Willis and they're all being uh, sexually assaulted, and the guy comes out in the leather outfit. The Gimp. Uh, well, where's the Gimp? The Gimp's sleeping. Well, you better wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, <laughs> so a lot of arguments. Uh, <laughs> well, see, it's, it's like certain films, like, see, like, okay, Dances with Wolves, right? Yeah. We did hundreds of of uh, uh, dragoon pistols and hard plastic and rubber. We did hundreds of knives in both uh, plastic and and rubber. Uh, we did probably three or four hundred rubber tipped arrows. Um, war clubs uh lots of rocks in rubber yeah um what's what's one of the, uh, uh 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 god water world okay yeah yeah worked on water world <clears throat> that was um amazing <laughs> in that when well we'll see what's what's funny with water world is this is that Everybody in town was running around trying to do things, get things done. And so were we. But uh, a lot of people lost money on Waterworld. Yes. My company at that time was Proper Effects with, with Paul Pearson. Um, and we we ended up, after the show was over with, we, we had T-shirts made up saying, Waterworld, we made money. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we made thousands of arrows with sharp different sharp teeth on them. Yeah. We made uh, little credit disc things. <clears throat> um, we made uh, um, smoker sunglasses. Yeah. We made smoker guns, functional and non-functional. We made uh, there was a device that that was kind of like a wind thing that had like uh, steel ball bearings that would come out of it as a timer. Yeah. And he was going under the water to get that big fish or whatever. We made that. We made, uh, God, made the net guns. We made uh, skull bombs. We all, all these different things. So in some cases, like, okay, here's a, here's a good example. Adam's Family, first movie. Yeah. Uh, this is the one I was hoping for. <laughs> okay. We made rubber bits of this, rubber bits of that, swords and so on. <clears throat> but there's this one little, I guess it was a Persian knife mm -hmm. that one of them takes out and puts up against somebody's throat. And I think it was... Uh, it might have been uh, the old woman putting it up to fester, going blah blah. blah yeah. Thing. Yeah. You know, you're my child, my son. Blah blah blah. In the movie, I'm sitting in the in the theater with my wife, and I see it them use the the knife. I go, 
oh, that's what that was for. <laughs> and she goes, shut up! <laughs> I'm talking to the film. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not um, like you get a screenplay or anything, right? They just say they want you to do this. It, de it depends on the film. In some cases, we'll get a script. Uh, yeah. Like when we did Earth 2, the TV series Earth 2, mm -hmm. we actually had a script so we could actually know the description of what that item was. Yeah. So it's it, it's 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 back and forth all the way across, you know, or we get a page. Right. In some cases on, on Star Trek shows, we get a page. What does that prop need to do? But in many cases, here's a drawing. Go build that. Right. And then we're on the phone going, what color is it? Does it have any lights in it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it supposed to do anything? You know. So. Well, well I think I we've taken up problem. enough of your time. Yeah, I think we've taken up enough. Uh, you know, you've been wonderful. This has been amazing. You, yeah. Thank Great. you. Yeah. For a little, for for three nerds, I've been sitting here bouncing in my chair. I know you probably can't see me, <laughs> but I am. He also has a little STD thing that we haven't quite yet. <laughs> so don't take all the credit. If you don't mind, we're going to wrap up, and uh, we'll hold. If you can hold on for one second, we'll say our goodbyes after we wrap up the show. Is that okay? That's fine. All right. So I've been Joe Lewis, Chad, James. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure having you on here. Uh, what, one more time, what's your website? HMS-studios.com. HMS-studios.com. Love right, stuff to see there across the board. All Check right. it out. It's been Mike Moore. Thank you so much. This has been Bonehead. Check you next week. So I kind of like to ask you that question and also maybe ask the worst show and the best show you worked on. Okay, well, if you're looking at my, my uh, one second. <laughs> do, do, do. Ba, da, da, da. One second. Hello. If you're listening to us in iTunes land, hopefully Haley will cut this out. <laughs> he just got a phone call. He is now back. <laughs> I'm back now. Welcome uh, back. Um, we're, we're two peas in a pod. That's my ringtone as well. <laughs> no wonder. I looked are... at my phone. I was like, oh God, Christy's calling my <laughs> wife. <laughs> no wonder you oh, guys my... hit it off. Yeah. <laughs>